0: Oh, what is up? Welcome to Cheers to Beers. I'm your host, Jess Keller Poole, and today we've got a half pint mini sewed, mini ish sewed. When Shauna and I get on the mics together, it's like, is a mini sode even possible? Um, so I am joined today by my co host, Shauna Cormier, and We've kind of got a little themed episode today is the 5th of May. So we are talking Mexican beer, specifically Mexican lagers, what they're about, what's the history behind them. Spoiler alert, it does have to do with colonialism. And kind of answer your questions on what a Mexican lager is, both um, as the regional style that actually comes from Mexico and the style name that you will see in craft breweries. Before we get too into it, I do want to talk about what I'm drinking right now, which is Seattle Beer School's latest collab that we worked on. This was brewed at Aslan Brewing Company up in Bellingham, and it was a collaboration not only between Seattle Beer School and Aslan, but also with uh, Bottleworks, our favorite bottle shop (laughs) that sponsors all of our Seattle Beer School classes, as well as Full Throttle Bottles representing South Seattle. So four-way collaboration which is kind of nuts but it was super fun super involved in terms of the actual collaboration if you want to hear more on collaboration listen to the previous episode but we decided to go for a clean saison because aslan had never brewed a clean saison they have a really cool barrel program one of my favorite wild saison's in the pacific northwest market francis farmer excellent excellent rustic saison But they'd never done one that was fermented and stainless and just used uh, commercial yeast. So that was kind of our goal here. And we ended up kind of blending an American IPA with a Saison. So it is dry hopped with Nelson Solvent, Equinaut, and Pearl that we came about using uh, by doing some blind sensory testing. So it is it has quite a hop presence, but it still ends really dry. It still has got this kind of French Saison Belgian yeast strain going for it. So, if you're in the Seattle market, check it out. It's called Past Meats Presence, which is a play on how in the past Saison was always barrel fermented and now a lot of people are familiar with Saison as a barrel oak fermented beverage, but a newer version of it is made stainless. It's also a reference to our friend and journalist, Holly Regan, their article about the Seattle beer scene that was published in Good Beer Hunting titled Past Meets Presence. So a lot of collaboration going on in this new beer, but check it out. You can get it at Aslan Bottleworks or Full Throttle Bottles. As always, you should follow Seattle Beer School on Instagram at Seattle Beer School. You can follow me at Just Just Beer, and you can follow Shauna at a young Billy Crystal, and we've got a really freaking cool class coming up next that is in the middle of May. That is an IPA panel. We managed to gather four of the best IPA brewers in Seattle to get together and talk about IPA in general, the brewing process, what goes into it. We'll talk hazy versus West Coast versus New England, you know, the lines that are blurred in between these styles, Um, how maybe hazy isn't like the best term we should be using for these beers. And it's going to be really, really cool. So we've got Steve Luke from Cloudburst. We've got Matt Storm from Fast Fashion. Um, We've also got Brad from Stoop, king of the West Coast IPA, and Michael Dempster from Mirage. So it's going to be really cool. You can buy a package with the beer included, one, IPA from each brewery. Um, If you live in the Seattle area, you can get that at Bottleworks. Otherwise, you can also pay to just tune in to the virtual event if you aren't in the Seattle area or don't feel like spending more money (laughs) on beer. So check that out. It's going to be a really fun time and we're just going to get some amazing insight from some of the best brewers in Seattle. All right, let's get this going. In this episode, we play Fuck, Mary Kill Brewery Edition. We talk about the best Mexican imports, what a Mexican lager even is, and a reminder not to be racist on Cinco de Mayo. Oh, also, we do mention a brunch spot Sean and I really enjoyed in Bellingham, and it is called Bayou on the Bay. So, recommend if um, you were out drinking in Bellingham and need a little place to go the next morning. It was quite lovely. So, grab um, a Mexican lager possibly modelo and join us cheers
1: i was just thinking about that game kill fuck mary <laughs> oh yeah and i was like we should do that with breweries except i wouldn't want to say kill because that's really intense uh I'd be like ignore fuck mary mm,
0: okay we don't have to do it with like with like seattle breweries or any brewery
1: i think we should start any brewery
0: oh, okay um, I want to marry Sierra Nevada.
1: <laughs> Bitch, you better get in line. <laughs> who's,
0: who's a sexy brewery right now? Cause you'd want to fuck a sexy brewery. Um, hmm. let's see here. I'm like not into hyper. I know. I'm so... like, um,
1: Sierra Nevada too. <laughs> <laughs> we just pick Sierra Nevada for both
0: of them. I mean, anything that is like kind of witchy, mysterious, occulty like I'm going to be into. I think you could, I think for um, you,
1: I'm going to, I'm going to say true in Denver.
0: Oh yes. That's, a, that's exactly it. Yes. I feel like
1: that would be, you'd be, you get lost in that cavern and you'd, you'd be gone a bit. Like, Where are you? And you're like, oh, I'm not yeah. coming home tonight.
0: <laughs> uh, who would i ignore um there's so many that i would ignore i would
1: definitely ignore melvin founders oh yeah i was those i was, I was gonna say founders and i was like well, that's an obvious choice yeah melvin melvin yeah. would would have to be flip off uh like there's so many there's so many ignores i think i already ignore them so i don't even think about them
0: I know, right? They're just not even in...
1: They're not even... There's no brain space for them. They're not even in, Uh, like, my, my brain. One night stand. I can't think of a sexy brewery. I mean, like, I feel like other people would say, like, we work for a sexy brewery. I know, right? You know, like, uh, other people would say that, but I... But in my mind, I it's not the case for... I
0: could I would see maybe, you having
1: a one night stand. Okay, no, 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 you tell me, because I told you. I was
0: going to say, I could see you having a one night stand or uh, maybe an extended love affair <laughs> with another farmhouse brewery, okay. though, like something like Hill Farmstead or something I was thinking, like you'd go out Suarez. to Vermont. and Suarez.
1: Yeah. OK, there we go. Suarez, Suarez is in New York. It's in New York. It's the Hudson Valley. Yeah. yeah. I think Shauna Suarez sounds beautiful. Oh, beautiful. But I'd probably have to marry lowercase because I just feel like the... it would be such a solid just relationship. A gentle, just a gentleman. Yes, you know, and I'd just have to keep Suarez on the side.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. or Hill Farmers. okay, harder. but then who are you who who are you ignoring then? I guess we kind of already said a few. Just so many.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, de- definitely founders, but it's more than just ignore. I would have to give a flip off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Say we, we already ignore them, so it's like hard to I know. I'm mostly interested in where I can get it, not where I can't.
0: It's Cinco de Mayo, which is historically um, an amateur drinking day.
1: And extremely And I think
0: also (laughs) that's the other thing. So it's like it just kind of turns into a mess. It's like St. Patrick's Day is one thing because that's another amateur drinking night. But it's like, at least for the most part, they're already white people. So you're not going to be getting too much
1: issue. Also, if you're Um, making fun of an Irish person, then they probably deserve it. So it's probably okay.
0: (laughs) And Irish people are tough. They can take a fucking joke. (laughs) Um, But Cinco de Mayo is something else. Um, So I wanted to go over what we think the best Mexican import beers are and then also talk a little bit about the history of the Mexican lager in general. It's kind of like a newish style that you're seeing in craft beer. And it's not really recognized as a legit style, but I think we're going to help we're going to help you guys understand what it is and what the history behind it is. But first let's talk about our favorite beers, like Mexican beers, our favorite imports.
1: Um, I would, I think it's safe to say Modelo is at the top for Modelo. me. Modelo Negro Modelo is my top favorite.
0: Yes. And it is the actual, like what a Mexican lager should be in terms of it's in this Vienna lager style. So it's like, if we're talking about Mexican lager influence from Germany, Austria,
1: it nails it on the head. It's perfect. It's it's so funny because I believe they use corn as like an adjunct. I assume which so. is cool. It's fine. Um, and it's so Negro meaning like black or dark.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I
1: wonder, like, I haven't looked at the etymology of that. Like, did it come from Dunkel? Did it come from? like oh or because shorts in german is black so that's very different And if, right if the austrians came in it's a different language of course but like i just wonder about where that name came from yeah i mean yeah it was probably just like a
0: rough translation like <laughs> just being like hey it's darker <laughs> negro
1: like cool <laughs> let's go with it <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah
0: i like soul S- soul is the other one at the top for me it just
1: feels Just feels good. The carbonation on it is just so prickly. Yeah, and
0: that's what I want when we're talking about like because I think a Mexican lager, a lot of people, and this is mostly marketing that has done this, but I think a lot of people associate a Mexican lager with like beach drinking or outside and it's sunny. And I want something highly carbonated when I'm drinking in the sun. And I think that's it. And uh, meets the mark there for
1: sure. For sure. And also, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's like. There's like this built-in marketing already with it. Like, if you're going to a resort or you're vacationing, not to say that that's what everyone's doing in Mexico. <laughs> other shit going on in Mexico, but you know, as like a white person visiting, um, or you know, a, a a white American person visiting you know, a lot of times you're going there for vacation to hang out. So it's like, it's, you have this, so when you bring it back home, you're like, oh, this reminds me of like in the sun, like relaxing and it's like, it's cool. Like that was what makes it um, even more delicious.
0: Yeah. And I think the other one for me, which I used to not like, but now I do is takate, which I don't know if that's actually an import or not, with um Riddens because the it, in, in the united states right it's probably owned by miller cores or some shit because it falls in line with like the bud light family
1: um it also but i i Modelo's owned by ab and bev
0: oh are they sorry oh dang it i mean they're all owned by someone else
1: tecate owned by heineken
0: Okay. And the other thing I really like about Tecate is a lot of times it is served in a can. So you're not having bottle issues. And when it is served in a bottle, it's a brown bottle. So it's like, we're not having any clear or green bullshit stuff like with Dos Equis and Corona. Like those those are tainted. They're not good. Tecate um, is actually being protected from UV light. So I think that's why it stays clean. And it's I would say it's my third in the tier. We're going Modelo. Um, soul than tecate.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But that's definitely going to be a more solid choice for me than anything in some fucked up glass.
1: <laughs> it's interesting because like at this point Corona is, that's just part of it. The same thing with Heineken, like that's part of the, the flavor. Yep. And also, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't had a Corona in a long time. I don't know. Are they using freaking the hops that you can't get um skunky from? Like are they, I thought they were using a hop extract that would prevent that. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Or it could just be that they just don't. Who cares? They're just like I, we're into it, right? Um,
0: yeah. Um, and in terms of imagery, it might that the way that beer skunks, when it's in the sun, it could just be connecting that imagery to being exactly. outside. It's like game. part
1: of the. Yeah, I wonder if we take a quick little gander at this. I'm just curious if there. I thought I read this. Wow, there's like, I have not done a lot of research
0: about like Corona specifically. Yeah. Or about
1: Corona specifically. Like, about the, I thought, like, I think that they might just, if I'm going to just take a wild guess, that they just don't care about, you know, the skunkiness. They're just like, that's part of our beer. No one sees, it doesn't seem to impact sales.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. So if anyone is looking for a good beer to have, on if you are appropriately celebrating Cinco <laughs> de Mayo. Um, our, the official SBS picks are Modelo Especial, Modelo Negro, um, Sol, and Tecate. And I th- those are all really easy to get, like,
1: anywhere. Anyway, you can buy, like, a, a case of it for so cheap. And yeah. if you yeah. want to treat yourself, you get some tajin, you get some limes, you get your favorite hot sauce. And you make yourself a michelada. Mm. I don't do michelada. I'll drink a michelada with like a, you know, like Bloody Mary style. But I like it when it's like hot sauce, lime, rimmed with tahini. Yeah, you're like, you're like, I,
0: oh, I know. I'm just thinking, I haven't had a michelada in so long. And I do like it with some tomato juice for sure because a Bloody Mary is one of my favorite brunch beverages. But sometimes I don't need vodka like sometimes i don't need it fully so like if i'm not even really hungover, but i still want to have a little something mm-hmm. with brunch i definitely go for the michelada i mean bloody mary a full-on bloody mary is going to be perfect for helping with a hangover but like if you're just having a little fun brunch day i
1: remember that we were in bellingham when we went to that brunch spot we were both definitely hungover. we weren't badly hungover. it wasn't oh, yeah. that bad we were okay no. it was it was yeah. fine um but
0: they gave us because we were just drinking beer it's when i d- Go into other beverages in a single night that I get really sick the next of day. Of course, I'm gonna do that. So,
1: um <laughs> but they gave us like the baby beer with our Bloody Mary, and we were like
0: that's in right. love with them. We were like,
1: this is the best place ever made. This place. I, I'll i find
0: out what it's called and I'll plug it in the description. Yeah. Um, what the hell was it? So, we good. wanted,
1: we really, it was like a New Orleans it was. place, wasn't it? It? Was, it was like New Orleans one. I think that's 100% sure- right. It was like New Orleans style. Yeah, I can't remember. Damn it.
0: Anyone who's familiar with Bellingham is just screaming it at You're us like, ah! Ah. Uh, like,
1: You know, talking yeah. about like, uh, you know, Cinco de Mayo is never a holiday that I ever really celebrated um, because I just want to enjoy all those, the things that you would enjoy on Cinco de Mayo every day. Um, yeah. So like, I just, every time I think of like Michiladas, I think of a place called Chavella's Chivelas in Brooklyn and seriously some of the best Mexican food I've ever had. And I had my in New, in New York. Oh. And um maybe anywhere. And
0: but yet you know it's just surprising but, that some of the best Mexican food you've had is in New do- York. When you grew
1: up in Arizona. I know, I know. And they it was a different like region. Um, you know, but like sure. they I don't know, they just nailed it. We had like our our wedding like our rehearsal dinner there and like yeah. micheladas are just like, what's cool about them. Right. Is like, you're, you're having like a cocktail that's not going to put you on your butt. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, it's just like everything about it is so f- it's festive to us as people who don't live in Mexico. Right. Right. Yeah. Not, not just micheladas, but like, you know, having Mexican beers in general, or like, I'm sure we'll talk about this about like, The resurgence in the last couple of years of people making Mexican lagers.
0: Right. Yeah. Let's just get into that. So, we definitely see this this term, Mexican lager. And like I said, it doesn't really have a definition. So, they kind of just breweries can do whatever the fuck they want and label it whatever the fuck they want. Um, So, it doesn't really matter in that sense. But if I were to define a Mexican lager, I think there's two things for me. I want to see corn as an adjunct just because it's grown in that region and it's really common in a lot of their foods and other beverages and I want to see it closer to a Vienna lager than a Hellas. I don't want it as pale. I want some color in there. I want some of that. What's the what, v- Vienna malts? Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> is that the malt that's used in a Vienna it's, lager? Like I, I want to see that in the grain bill. Um, and the, but- so that's what I look for in a Mexican lager. But then the,
1: most of what you see is people making you know like a soul right
0: which is fine too like again you can make it whatever you want so call it a mexican lager i think the general public when they would hear mexican lager that's what they're associating it with i think in terms of the history though i want to see it closer to a Vienna. yeah lager. i mean
1: that I, I i guess any so the austrians were in there that fucking maximilian the 10th it was the first. Oh, sorry. Um, I called him the 10th. Like if, it was only 10 years. He, I think he was only around for 10 years. Probably was a jerk. You no, know dude, what?
0: it was two years. Oh God, it felt like 10. Okay, let's, let's get into the history right now. So why <laughs>
1: does Mexico have such
0: great loggers? And it's rooted in colonialism, unfortunately. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to mention, this is something we talked about. I have some slides pulled up from a previous class that we taught. Um, I do want to mention that pre-Spanish and French invasion of Mexico, indigenous and Mexican folks made other fermented beverages that were not beer. So they did, they made other fermented corn beverages. Um, They kind of had this like pre-tequila agave drink, pulque, and Mm. then um, tapache, which is still made. um, That's like honey and pineapple or other fruit. so So, yeah, so there was other beverages being made. And um, in this slide, this is a slide that you made. You've got this really cool image of an Aztec goddess of agave. Um, So these are important ingredients to the indigenous folks of Mexico. Um, Just always want to plug that, that it's like we have a strong association with beer in Mexico. So now the common culture is about that. But there's so much more history in terms of fermented beverages before uh, Europeans came over.
1: And it's just like that same thing in America. Like it's all this history that we've never told because it's like history that was erased. And it's like there was probably beers being made, too. And like just mm-hmm. no one knows anything about it because white people were like, uh, bye, we're going to we're This is ours now. Yeah. And they may have been brewing
0: beer and they're like, that's not Yikes. how you do it. You do it this way. Um, so. I believe the first group of Europeans that went to colonize Mexico were the Spanish. So the very first European brewery that was built in Mexico was in 1542, but that didn't last. It's just a fun historical fact that the first European brewery was that early. Um, Meanwhile, back over in Europe, in Vienna, Anton Dreher was the first brewer to produce a Vienna lager in the mid 19th century, which was awesome. But at that time, we were also figuring out how to make pale malt. So once pale malts became a thing, these darker beers started getting filtered out because we're like, oh, we can do something else, exactly. something that's a little bit more
1: controlled. Yeah, but that's where that comes from. The malts making—I mean, it was the English that sort of revolutionized that in in the European world. But like again, yeah. we don't—they could have been making freaking pale malt, and we just don't know about it. Totally. Yeah. So.
0: So, we've got some colonization happening in Mexico. Europe is popping off with lager brewing. And then all this shit is happening. Everyone's trying to claim Mexico. Mexico's fighting for their freedom. And Mexico actually gains its freedom from the Spanish in the 1840s, I believe. But then France was just mad about something. There's all, there's like a lot of complicated history that goes into Mexico, but Mexico gained their freedom from the Spanish. And then the French just came in and started trying to take over again. And this is where we get a lot of the Germans and Austrians coming in because Maximilian is this Austrian dude and Maximilian the first and. Not the uh, 10th. They, (laughs) not the 10th. He comes in. Um, during the second Mexican empire. So this is the second time the French has tried to take over Mexico after they're already independent from the Spanish. So this is in the um, 1860s. So this archduke from Austria comes in, Maximilian I, and he becomes the emperor. Um, And things are happening. People are fighting for power, blah, 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 blah. Eventually the French have to withdraw because they're losing. And as soon as they do that... Mexico was like, you're going down, motherfucker. They took him. He was in charge for two years. The Mexican and indigenous people got him, executed him, done, gone. They're like, fuck this. We've already we've already got our freedom. I don't know what all this bullshit is about. But because of his quote unquote reign, um, there was an influx of Austrian and German immigrants at this time. So this is where we're getting all this brewing specialty now coming into Mexico. So it's like, Again, it's colonialism, but like at least they got some lager brewing out of it. That's such a terrible thing to say, but
1: <laughs> like, uh. I mean, I guess it's hard. We we are trying to find like some bright spot in the horrors that is colonialism, right. uh, and like you know, if you th- if you think about just the positive aspects, which is hard to do, th- there is that, and also you can see how the influence goes up too through like Galveston, Texas, which is. You know, this is changing the topic slightly, but like German Im- uh, immigrants coming in there because so, you could see similar styles all through that area. The too. fact
0: that, sh- in the Midwest, the first. fact that Shinerbach is one of the most popular beers in Texas is, or like Southern Texas, is fucking fascinating. A Bach, but it is because of that influence.
1: And it's it, like the Schiner Bock essentially tastes like Negro Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i haven't i i would really need we should taste them side by side it's it's been a minute but like i'm sure there's obviously there's differences but like not that much eight, it really isn't a balk right no Uh, but
0: yeah it it is interesting and like and now we get i think now mexico is known as like a region of lager brewing
1: like there's so many different types of Mexican lagers that exist. And also like, it's so funny because like, you know, I don't have a lot of direct experience with the craft breweries that are popping up in Mexico, but there's a lot too. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you could call something a Mexican lager, which could be like a Negro Modelo, a soul, like what we automatically think of when we think of Mexican lagers. But then there's like people who are making, um, you know, hazies and IPAs and like, And just like with certain regions, like getting ingredients can be tricky. Like for home brewers, a lot of people start as home brewers. Um, So it's like if something's a predominant style, it might be slightly easy to get those ingredients. But there's so many cool craft breweries that are popping up, especially like around border towns and stuff too.
0: Totally. I was just about to say Tijuana is really blowing up in terms of craft beer, which is really cool because it's right on the border of San Diego. And you think of San Diego as a huge craft beer city there's obviously a lot, I think there's a lot of transfer of information going on across the border there. Um, because you're seeing a lot of hazy IPAs in Tijuana. So that's something really cool. And also border cities get, I mean, not to say that there isn't a lot of violence that happens, but border cities do get a bad rap. So it's like, want to give a little love to the folks that live there and brew there and make a living there. (laughs) So there is like, I grew up being terrified of tijuana because my parents infused my brain being like you will never go there you will never cross the border like you will die you will get kidnapped um, jesus it was intense
1: and so you never went to tijuana no dude i've never I mean, been you to, mexico. Close to it, you've never no. been i mean you didn't grow up close I grew up in tucson it's like an hour drive right so we went to Dallas a few times we've we i mean i've been i've been to mexico a handful of times but
0: yeah, um, no, I've never been to Mexico before, which is a crime considering wow. I grew up in California.
1: Yeah, dude, well, my parents used to have Catholic
0: a timeshare there. there, and they just never took me.
1: Rude. <laughs> so also, rude. your parents had a timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so funny. in the 90s. So anti- they were. I mean, it's classic. Everyone had a timeshare in the 90s. Like my parents were so anti-timeshare. They were like, they were like convincing they had everyone they would talk to be like don't do it do not even talk to those people and i remember once my uncle david he like went to he was like at a resort and he was like he went to a timeshare thing just because they were offering all these discounts and like free champagne and shit so he went and he's like he forced his partner to go with him and he's like it's going to be just an hour do not say yes do not talk to them just keep them on the line so we get our free shit and then we'll go (laughs)
0: Oh, that is so good.
1: That sounds like a nightmare. Also, like, isn't
0: wasn't the like rapid selling of timeshares in the two thousands like helped to the economic collapse in two thousand eight? Like, I'm pretty sure that was part of the problem.
1: Yeah, that was one of the <laughs>
0: besides one of the many giving people problems. home loans they couldn't afford. Oh, God, what a
1: mess! Should we just talk about that
0: right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Mexican brewing has a history with colonizers, but we we now are seeing some really cool, independent stuff happening. And I think Mexican beer is so much more than fucking Corona and even good stuff like Modelo. So I, I think it, it, as always, keep an open mind. You know, there's a lot more happening than the stereotypes that first come to mind,
1: yeah. it's like one of those things if like you if it helps you branch out to try something new, uh but i mean who hasn't tried a modello uh you know it's like interesting like because no one talks about what if he, someone was just like yeah i guess if someone said yeah i'm making american lager in mexico we would think oh like a budweiser right mm-hmm. but no one says like a german lager i guess some people do but you're like okay which one you're like right? are we talking yeah. yeah or like so if someone was like i'm making an american ale <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you would like, you, okay. could, you, you could narrow it down and be like, okay, so American hops, okay, it's probably an IPA, blah, blah, blah. But you know, like we we can all tend to like generalize, especially or like wine. You could be like, you know, there's lots of burgundies. I mean, I'm sure they have they do have different <laughs> each each winemaker makes it differently. But if you're just like, this is a burgundy, and that's it. You're just like Okay. I don't know. I don't think I make. It the, I don't think I make it the right analogy or read it for because just shows how much I don't know about freaking <laughs> wine. Or okay, how about this? You're just like a Provençal, a, a a wine from Provence, a Provence wine.
0: Right. Yeah. Then you'd be like, I have no idea what that means.
1: Like, cool. A France wine.
0: Yeah. A France wine.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, and like not even specifying white versus red is like the same thing. Not specifying <sighs> ale versus lager.
1: But I get it because Mexican lager, if you're, it's a marketing thing. Most people are making like a Corona Sole sort of thing, right? Yeah, but
0: I feel like if you are out and about at a brewery or picking up some cans or something, and you do see something that is labeled as Mexican lager, pour it out into a glass, see what color it is. If you know enough about style differentiations, does it taste like a Vienna? And if they're brewing closer to Vienna, then that brewer's cool.
1: Props. I love a good Vienna yeah same
0: the only other thing I have to note about Cinco de Mayo and Mexican beer really is just like a reminder not to be racist today um oh I w- I wanted to define what Cinco de Mayo is actually about um I think a lot of people know this but you know it's not their independence it was a, a victory against the French because again the French invaded twice after Mexico was already independent literally Cinco de Mayo um that that win that battle happened 40 years after Mexico gained their independence. So the French are just that's being assholes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not exactly about their independence. They already had their independence and we're just trying to be colonized constantly. Um, so just in case no one knew that story, that's what it is. Um, also, things you shouldn't do wear a sombrero wear a fake mustache I don't think a sombrero is inherently racist but if you're wearing one on Cinco de Mayo it's just like maybe just don't do that Um, I mean it's
1: it's like a it's like a I
0: mean you just don't do
1: it Yeah,
0: you can wear like a sun hat but don't like not like the (laughs) one you get from a costume (laughs) shop or something it's just
1: uh, is really rude.
0: Yeah. Um, but things you should be doing on Cinco de Mayo is drinking Vienna lagers, drinking any sort of Mexican lager, and eating from Mexican-owned restaurants. So simple do's and don'ts for today.
1: I mean, I am blessed that I live in an area with a lot of Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I look forward to that. I look forward to that every day. And also oh, yeah. a s- slight tangent, Mike Lane making co-worker at floodland um, bartender extraordinaire mm-hmm. i feel like he might be the most popular bartender in seattle um, has been making tortillas and burritos he's been trying to perfect them because he wants to do it as a business and i have been blessed yet again to be the recipient of a lot of half burritos and so i think we should all harass them if you're listening it's bean burritos or my burritos with lane on Instagram. You should follow him Yes, and tell him to get his product out there.
0: Yeah. And from what I've heard, I haven't been able to eat any of this stuff because of my weird diet. But from what I've heard from you, the breakfast burrito is just hitting the spot.
1: Dude. It's like the tortillas are phenomenal. Ooh. Yes. It's like when you make a sandwich and the baguette or like the bread isn't quite right. And you're like, it's still Mm -hmm. a good sandwich. It's like, still has that like you know that texture that's like um the flour still on it yes it's thin but not too thin dude he's fucking nailing it
0: and you know what like the worst thing is is like getting a tortilla that is like gummy oh dude and like i've and this is like no fault of like cafe owners or workers or anything but like i've had like vegan breakfast tacos from certain coffee shops but they've been like sitting out for a couple hours and then I get it and it's like the tortilla is like stretchy and weird oh. and it's just like not the right texture at all and that they always give me a stomach ache when they're that texture so I think Mike's is probably the opposite of that
1: it's just so good uh but it does remind me of uh Jack in the Boxes tacos <laughs> remember <I'm>, I've never <laughs> had Jack in the Box tacos Okay. It was a thing in my when I was in high school and p- people still, I think, love them. I don't know. I haven't been to Jack Box in a long time. They're like this is the opposite of, of Mike Burritos, but they're fried. They're like hard shell. Right, yeah. All that's in it is a undetermined blend of ground beef. Like I don't know if it's people if you look at the ingredients, it's a lot of it's soy. Right, yeah. But it's pretty gross. You could get I think you could get two for a dollar. <laughs> When, right. I, when, I was, when I was in high school, when I'm aging myself, but dude, they're so good. Are they? My, my memory, like they're so, they're like almost like taquitos or they're really crunchy. Yes. yes. But they're like tacos. Yeah. So I feel like that's what just needs to happen for you, that you need to have a vegan deep fried taco.
0: Yeah. I'm literally not opposed. Like I am down. I don't need my Mexican food to be authentic, especially because actual authentic mexican food i can't eat 99 of it so i gotta go outside the box a little bit
1: you just kind of i feel like when, if you went to a place you'd kind of have to just do your best and then just be like well here it is yeah like that's exactly tortilla, it well, most times people are making tortillas that might have lard in them which right the good news about lard is that at least they're not if you're like doing it right you're not wasting any part of the animal so that's cool. totally yeah um but i think a lot of places but it's expensive if you're just buying it so like a lot of people are using shortening yeah um so uh there's that i know like when i was vegan i would just be like okay well i'll get a bean burrito and we'll just see what happens <laughs> <laughs> you're right uh i know it's it's hard because you're just like Ugh. but if it's i mean you you've done this like if you're in a certain place you're just like well i'm not going to be annoying about it i'm just gonna do my best yes that's what you gotta do but i feel like in seattle it's pretty easy to there's not a lot of good tortillas that's the problem (sighs) yeah too gummy stop making tortillas gummy i'm just talking about like if you're gonna buy some at the store like they're just like rubbery gummy why are they so (laughs) thick i don't know (laughs) They're like wraps. It's just like. Yeah, totally. I mean, the ones I sent you from Tucson, those were Yes, cool. yes. But those um, might have had lard in them. But it, the ing- I didn't realize that until after I sent them to you. But I don't remember. The ingredients- Good. Then you're fine. <laughs> I mean, the ingredients were on there. And I sent it to you. And then I looked at the ingredients. And it said, like, shortening and or lard. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs>
0: <I> was like, <laughs> yeah, They're like, just not oh. even going to specify. They're like, and or maybe. I don't know. Just like this emoji. Yeah.
1: Like the, like, I don't know. The
0: shrugging, yeah.
1: And I was like, well, she could make her... She, she She's a big girl. She can make the decision. She oh, wants yeah. To do totally. Yeah. Um, uh, cool. Well, everyone drank some good Mexican lagers, eat some Mexican food, and what? I have one thing to add. What? Um, although I haven't tried it because I foolishly left it in the fridge at work. Uh, Fremont made a a Mexican style coffee style. Okay. Okay. Um is there like cinnamon okay. in it? What makes it Mexican? I don't know. And I maybe well, this is why I shouldn't have brought it up because like we don't know anything about it. <laughs> um I'm just telling you, it doesn't have to be in the podcast because we don't have any information about it. Um so cool. Yeah, I don't know. I sh- I meant to give I meant to tell you and give it to you, but of course I didn't do it. So there's that. Yeah, well, if anyone in Seattle's
0: had it, let us know. Let us know your thoughts.
1: We need an essay written up. At least, okay, so like 100-word, single-spaced essay.
0: Yeah, just a quick paragraph.
1: 100 words is not a lot.
0: It's nothing. So, thanks. And it is due by Friday,
1: so. Actually, we're on to something. We should make people do that. Like, write a short essay. Oh. Describing the beer. And then the best essay gets a prize. Okay. Okay, I'm into this.
0: Let's let's workshop this a little bit. And we'll get back to you guys.
1: Yeah. You could just be like, you know, talk about the the appearance, aroma, mouthfeel, taste, overall experience.
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: Be as specific as possible.
0: Yeah. It's just fun. You're just writing about beer as you're drinking it. Like it shouldn't be it shouldn't feel like homework, but it is homework. We're tricking you into learning.
1: I mean, yeah, like drinking a beer. Wow, what crazy homework. <laughs> All right, guys. So that essay is due Friday before 5 p.m. Should be
0: in our inbox by then. Please PDF, not a word doc. Yes. You can Thank send you. it to Shauna at helpyourschool.com. It kind of <laughs> mine. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, drink beer and don't so be right I love you. I didn't say I love you back. Love you.
1: <laughs> that was a Titancast episode. Hey, Dogbiters. Mike here, host of the Man Bites Dog podcast. I came here today to give a little promo for our show, but I made the mistake of telling my co-hosts it might be funny if they came in and were mean to me. Uh, well, here's how that went. Hi, I'm Mike Hill, host of the Man Bites Dog podcast, a game show where I ask you, you, Mike.
0: Okay. That, all right. Well, that's unnecessary. Oh,
1: you're unnecessary. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'll do the thing later.
0: <laughs> what do you want us to say? I was
1: being mean. You. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is okay, true. Right. He was doing what you asked. Okay. Thank you. It's not my problem. If you have a problem with me talking to you, when you say talk to me, say something mean. I said something mean, and you're gonna be like,
0: don't do it by myself later. I already deleted everything I wrote. It doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Man bites dog. It's a lot like that. Except there's less bleeping.
1: And there's a news quiz. Oh god.